Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spezia, and today is April 28th, 2019. This is the 65th episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as a means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that is found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com call. On today's episode, Nintendo and Sony's financial meetings, and Square Enix is back for E3 2019 in our headline roundup. Our main topic is the future of Persona 5 games with Royal and Scramble, and then we will get to your calls if you're tuning in live on Discord. Hope you've been having a great week in games. Uh, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the new DLC, The Fate of Atlantis. Uh, they released episode one this past week. They kind of go a little harder into the Greek mythology, and it's a little, little interesting. It's a little tougher than usual, but had a great time with it. Basically 100% completed it, so I'm good with that, and I'll have a couple more episodes rolling out. Should be a whole lot of fun there, and I really want to get back to either Resident Evil 2 and continue that story, or I've got Madden 19 just sitting in with the NFL draft this past week. You know, that, that long shot, you know, episode 2, part 2, whatever you want to call it, a uh, long shot continuing Madden 19. Kind of want to check that out. That'll only take a few hours, right? So maybe I try that after I record this. So that should be fun. Of course, it's a big megaton weekend in pop culture with Avengers Endgame raking in crazy amounts of money. Went and saw it on Friday night. That was a good time. But then tonight, uh, you know, as far as recording goes, is the Battle of Winterfell for Game of Thrones in its final season. So it's a mammoth weekend. Not as heavy on the game news front, though. I mean, aside if you want to talk about Days Gone reviews coming out and what happened there. I mean, Metacritic of 71, 72, not what we were expecting after previews there. But let's talk about the other big headlines in the game industry, kind of wrap things up before we get to the main topic of Persona 5 and its new games. It's our headline roundup. Nintendo and Sony held their recent financial meetings and... You know, big news to come from that, kind of the end of the fiscal year, so they can hide new nuggets in there for headlines. So let's start with Nintendo. A big headline there that Nintendo Switch is at nearly 35 million units sold. That is officially past the Nintendo 64 lifetime, just after two years of Nintendo Switch. I mean, that's, that's crazy. It's on such a good pace. On the software front, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is in third place in the Switch software ranks at 13.81 million units sold. That's behind Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the top. I think it's like around 16 and change. And then Super Mario Odyssey behind it. Uh, I think Breath of the Wild is in fourth there. So, I mean, really solid games. High attach rates. I mean, Mario Kart's at more than 50%. The rest are at least 40%. I mean, so that's, that's so good. But Super Smash Bros. Ultimate... People are kind of looking at those numbers and saying it's the best-selling fighting game of all time. If you're looking at just like individual title releases and you're not talking about all the different releases for Super Smash Street Fighter 2 and all that and kind of bundling them all together, I mean, that's a whole lot for just the, the one console for Switch for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Just very impressive. Also, the 13.81 million units, more than Wii U's hardware lifetime. That just shows you... The disparity. Smash Ultimate has sold more units than Wii U hardware. I mean, that's certainly remarkable. We talk about Mario Kart. Speaking of Mario Kart Tour, 
A closed beta has been announced scheduled for the end of May, at least on Android phones. The game's still planning on coming out in summer 2019, but at least a closed beta, so if you're interested in that, sign up. And uh, there won't be a hardware announcement at E3, according to Nintendo, which I find a little hard to believe. There are also reports, especially from Bloomberg, that are saying that a supposed Switch Lite is supposed to be launching by the end of June, which makes sense when you think of a new release date for Super Mario Maker, you know, locking that in for the end of June, and then all of the games in July, I mean, Fire Emblem Three Houses is there. And the software lineup for Switch, especially on the exclusive front, is not that strong leading up to the end of June. So it's interesting that Nintendo says this, that there's no hardware announcement for E3, uh, especially when, you know, the E3 news was people were taking and running with it that they won't be at E3, there won't be an E3 Direct. And they were, no, they were basically saying that we have don't have a significant presentation. We won't have a stage show. So expect a, a Direct at E3, but a lot of people were taking that and running with it the wrong way. But yeah, surprising to say that there's no hardware announcement planned, and I'm not so sure I believe them on that yet. Maybe it'll be something just before or just after, so it won't be technically at E3, but the way the software is lining up for the rest of 2019 for Nintendo seems a little suspicious, and I, it seems like the Bloomberg report kind of falls in line which, with what you know the tea leaves are kind of reading out there. Uh, they did say that nothing new on the front of 3DS first-party software, so basically as good as done for Nintendo 3DS. And they also confirmed the collaboration with Tencent to bring Nintendo Switch to China. So, uh, big news for Nintendo, certainly one of their better financial reports, just like Sony had one of their best fiscal years of all time. They, in their financial report, said that there is no next-generation PlayStation coming in the next 12 months, which is certainly interesting because when we were talking about PS5 and all that, PlayStation 5 last week, uh, saying March 2020, November 2020, what could it be? Well, in this case, it certainly seems like they're lining up a fall 2020 sort of launch period, but we'll see when they actually do a an announcement that kind of goes more in-depth on the next-generation PlayStation console. Sony also clarified PlayStation 4's units sold uh, figure at 96.8 million sold. So, you know, they'll be passing the original PlayStation 1, I'm sure, by the end of this year. So, again, that's on a really good trajectory as well. And they apparently started their financial report by talking about PlayStation Now, which is interesting, right? I mean, Sony's PlayStation Now is their streaming service, which in the past year added the ability to download the games a la Xbox Game Pass. And they're even seeing that people play those downloaded games twice as much as they stream. But for Sony, they're saying that they're pleased with PlayStation Now, and it's up in subscription rates at 40% year over year, with 700,000 users across 19 countries. So, I mean, think about that. It's not, you know, the, the biggest and most impressive news in the world, but they put it up front almost as if it were a response to Stadia or whatever Microsoft is... is planning for Project xCloud. I would like to see Sony eventually clarify what their streaming plans are for PlayStation 5. We talked about this last week. But to have that up front, it makes you kind of aware that they're thinking about this. Maybe they'll have some sort of news at an E3 with a state of play show or whatever, because they are not hosting their uh, E3 press conference this year like they usually do. That is Sony anyway. So who's going to take that Monday night place? Well, it's going to be Square Enix. 
Square Enix will once again present a live digital event at this year's E3. It takes place Monday, June 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Certainly surprising. I mean, just thinking about what does Square Enix have to talk about that, you know, looking at last year's presentation and how just not memorable it was. I mean, going into depth on The Quiet Man, and then how did that pan out? So what could Square Enix possibly talk about? Well, I think there, there are two big titles, right? Let's first start with The Avengers Project. I mean, what ties right into Endgame Weekend, but The Avengers Project was talked about at the beginning of 2017, and we haven't heard a lick since. And what's going on with Crystal Dynamics and all that? I mean, how is that coming along? If they really want to have a presentation, like, let's see at least an update. What is the vision? What kind of game is this going to be instead of just hearing radio silence on that front? Also, if Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't coming at all, even in a first episode format, uh, I would be very surprised to not see that at this year's E3. Especially when it seems like the stars are kind of aligning for different, you know, cross-media promotion. I mean, they're doing a Final Fantasy VII concert, apparently, at this year's E3. Uh, there's talk about Kingdom Hearts DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe do they get Sephiroth as a boss in kind of that little bit? I mean, there's, there's opportunities for FF7 promotion everywhere across all their different games and, and options, but... I mean, will, will we see anything about Remake? But speaking about that Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC, uh, Tetsuya Nomura made a surprise presentation at an orchestra concert for Kingdom Hearts 3 and said that it's called Remind. That's going to have a couple stages, a couple bosses. And this is on top of the Critical Mode update, which is already out now for Kingdom Hearts 3. I think it would not be surprising at all to see them touch on Dragon Quest XI-S. You know, just what's new on Nintendo Switch, kind of remind people that that's coming later this year on that platform. And then they talked about a game last year from Platinum called Babylon's Fall. And I don't remember much from it. Maybe they need a refresher if that is still going to be a game. But yeah, Square Enix back at E3 with another presentation, a digital event. We'll have to see what that'll be. It slots right into that old Sony slot for at least this year. The new Call of Duty game apparently has been played by Call of Duty Insiders. And these insiders are several college football players here in the United States. So different leaks have kind of sprung from that. I mean, but let's think about where the Call of Duty franchise is, right? Last year was Black Ops 4, and that was made by Treyarch. The year before was Call of Duty World War II. That was Sledgehammer. In 2016, the year before that, that was Infinite Warfare. Remember, that was the one that was paired with Modern Warfare Remastered. That was Infinity Ward, and so it's Infinity Ward's turn again this year. Infinity Ward, known for the Modern Warfare trilogy. So when we see different leaks, different pictures saying Modern Warfare 4, it certainly seems interesting. Even video clips of those college football players throwing the name out in a kind of you know, blurred, uh, sort of loud noise in the background, but people saying Modern Warfare 4. And then we see this Eurogamer article. And look at those first four paragraphs. Modern War Fair 4. Oh, very interesting. Clever guy there, Tom Phillips. So Call of Duty games usually get revealed in May. So we're coming right up on that. Maybe we'll see something official in the next couple weeks. And, you know, it is going to be Modern Warfare 4. Will they have a campaign? <laughs> like, is that going to be, you know, we kind of messed up not having that in Black Ops 4. But here it is. If we continue 
the modern warfare story, we probably should have a campaign. We'll, we'll see if that plays out. So that's, that's certainly very interesting to see in the weeks ahead. Gaming release date announcements from this past week. We have Puyo Puyo Champions coming out May 7th on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Looks like you know, Puyo Puyo going esports, getting competitive. Okay. Super Mario Maker 2, as I mentioned, is locked in for June 28th on Nintendo Switch. Really can't wait for that one. And if a Switch Lite comes around and more people are taking that handheld on the go, I mean, get ready for that one. That's going to be big. And with the NFL draft, that got the opportunity to announce Madden NFL 20 with Patrick Mahomes there on the cover. August 2nd, which is earlier than most years in August. August 2nd on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Let's get to the main topic, though, and talk about Persona 5. Persona had their super live concert event this past week, and we are talking about that, and, you know, kind of building up over the last few weeks. I mean, what will we see? What will these P5R and P5S game announcements be? I mean, does that have implications with Super Smash Brothers and Joker as the DLC character that got surprise stealth-launched on uh, April 17th slash 18th. All sorts of questions to be answered, especially you know for big Persona fans like myself. So as far as the concert itself, it's a fun time. Uh, if you didn't get to see any of it and you are a Persona music fan, I, I highly recommend it. They had the main vocalists from 3, 4, and 5, who are the their three different singers, but they were all there kind of representing their different games. And Lotus Juice was there, uh, you know, a fantastic rapper. And... Uh, just a good presentation, good concert overall, about three hours long. I didn't see all of it. I think I maybe caught like half of it, but about as many Persona songs as you'd want there to be, especially the ones that had vocals. And pulling from Q and Q2 and the anime and, oh gosh, all sorts. It was. It seemed like a fun time. But they were leaving the announcements for the end because, you know, that 3, 4, 5 playing, I mean, they were even having sort of segments in the middle where the protagonists from 3, 4, and 5, they're kind of talking amongst themselves and kind of building up the anticipation. Oh, what do you think about the concert so far? Okay, all right. So on day one, it's, you know, P5R day. And we know that P5R is Persona 5, the Royal. I mean, we got the tease back in March. You got to wait until end of April. And here we go. And got a nice full trailer with it. Persona 5, the Royal, or as Atlas USA confirmed, the American title, Persona 5, Royal. Perfect. I mean, that's exactly what we were expecting because Persona 4 had Persona 4 the Golden and then Persona 4 Golden. And Royal is this game, like this version of Persona 5. It's the director's cut. It's adding more to the game. It's it's not just, you know, little tweaks here and there. It's expanding, you know, full, full elements to the game. It's like, in a way, like a soft remake, in a way, of Persona 5 because you're adding another semester to the school year, which is huge. I mean, there's a big jump in that game where it's like, yeah, I would really like to use this extra time to build up my stats, but more time in game in school means more events, more character development can only be a good thing there. The Jane Ponytail character, which we thought for a long time, you know, could be, is it a female Joker, female protagonist? No, new party member, Kasumi Yoshizawa. She is a rhythmic gymnast, dancer sort of type, uh, but she's going to join the party. Saw her in battle there. So 
despite all the, oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Phantom Thieves posturing from about a month ago. No, no, she's going to be on board, let's say, Kasumi will, will be. So, new character, uh, certainly teases of another character who uh, is, is very divisive in the Persona 5 community, may have a, an increased role in this game. So, just keep an eye out for that one. Uh, and then interesting things like uh, there's a picture, a screenshot with a, a handsome boy or a handsome man. And people are saying, well, no, that's that's kind of the speech patterns of Morgana, the cat. Or then you have interesting uh, elements where it's a screenshot, the back of a character's head. And it's like, well, that character's dead. So are they going to play interesting things on like a, a dream world? Sort of just interesting things to think about if you've played Persona 5. Uh, but of course, you know, we knew that Persona 5 Royal was at least going to be only on the PlayStation 4, and that is confirmed. Uh, that's October 31st in Japan. So just when they announced that and the crowd went crazy at the concert, just thinking, okay, Atlas USA, you, you know, good luck hitting that. And, you know, shortly after Atlas USA says 2020, There's, you know, no date, but that game will come 2020 Persona 5 Royal to PS4. Okay, so... I know I'm fully on board. I'm looking forward to this new version. I love Persona 4 Golden, one of, if not my favorite games of all time. So I wonder if this new version, I mean, granted, I love Persona 5 too, but had certain things off with it, like on the character front uh, that kind of held it back and made it not as memorable for me. I mean, Persona 5, far and away, the better game, just as far as like mechanics and all that compared to Persona 4. But just didn't mean as much personally to me. So I'm excited to see what a new version can uh, help enhance or improve for this one. So I'm, I'm so down for Persona 5 Royal coming in 2020. But there was P5S. And you'd always wondered what P5S is. And, you know, when they talk about the, the sort of tag in the, the calling card in the website source code, teasing for months that, you know, there we hear voices that will be satisfied or, or things like that. I think, yeah. Get something on Switch. Get something Persona 5 on Switch. Hey, if even if it's vanilla Persona 5 on Switch, I mean, at least that would open that up to a possible new audience to play this game on the go. Like how it was so effective for Persona 4 Golden to play that on Vita. Just have it portable, ready to go. That's not what we got. <laughs> P5S is Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers. It is a Muso or a Warriors game, Atlas partnering with Koei Tecmo to bring basically Persona 5 Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, Horde Combat, the, the fan service that will be involved to a Persona 5 fan like myself who adored what they did with Hyrule Warriors on Nintendo Switch. So on board because Persona 5 Scramble is going to be on PS4. It's also going to be on Nintendo Switch. No release date announced, no release window, so it could still be a ways off, certainly. But for a new spinoff, yeah, it makes sense. Especially if the fighting game isn't going to come for a while because Arc System Works is working on a, a Grand Blue fighting game. I mean, again, that's all stuff that's been rumored and kind of speculated if a fighting game will eventually come. Which, you think it will be. But a, a Muso for Persona 5, yes, sign me up. It's a very... Specific thing. You either love Musou games or you don't at all. And while I'm thrilled for that kind of spinoff to exist for Persona 5, 
I do feel sad for those that were hoping for Persona 5 on Switch. Because that was a game where like, I'm thinking I'm going to double dip on that for sure. But mostly for those you know, friends of mine, fans out there, other users that want to get in the Persona 5 universe but don't have a PlayStation 4 yet. And in that case, it's like, well, do you wait now for PS5 if you're, you're big into games? You know, play it at the most optimal point there. Wait until Royal comes out. Play like the definitive experience edition. I just feel you know, bad for those that were hoping so much. I mean, that's, that's a really rough call. Uh, it's not that, you know, Atlas made a mistake or whatever, because surely they know the market for Musou games, especially in Japan, is huge. And maybe there are partnership deals with Sony that we just don't know much about as far as keeping the exclusivity there for a Persona 5 RPG. But this is kind of sometimes where you get bit in, you know, kind of reading into things and, you know, buying into the rumors. And that I feel bad about because uh, I was part of that group who was hoping and maybe perpetuating some of that excitement. So uh, I'm, I am sorry for those that were hoping for Persona 5 there. Uh, granted, you know, the games do still exist on the PlayStation platform. If that's something you're looking to get into in the future, I think Persona 5 is, is a wonderful game to get into. And just going back to the Super Smash Brothers tie-in, I mean, that's that's got to be part of the promotion, right? I mean, working with Atlas to bring in that character, sure, Sakurai loves the, the Persona franchise, loves the idea of Joker in Smash. So I'm sure that must have been part of it, but it is kind of working with these other companies and what are the benefits here? And yeah, Smash brings new eyes onto Joker. And, and we're seeing maybe that will bring some new players over Sony's way, over Atlas's way. So maybe that's all part of the deal with Smash. So Persona 5 Royal, the, the kind of golden upgraded version of Persona 5 coming 2020 in on the West for Atlas. I mean, end of the year for Japan, though. So I'm sure we'll see certain things pop out about what's different there. And then Persona 5 Scramble, that's, that's a Musou. Again, like, I'm excited. I'll get it. I love me some Persona 5. But that is disappointing about the Switch version. So we do have to kind of ask ourselves, is the Persona 5 Switch dream dead? Uh, I don't think it's dead fully, per se, but it took a huge hit. Like, this is the Persona you know, game announcement window. Like, this is where... They, they kind of like to make the news at this big concert event. And for Japan to have a Persona concert, that the music is worthy of having a concert over two days, that you know they're, they're two separate shows and they're basically the same show. But for that to be a thing over there, like it's, it's a big deal there. Um, it does not help, though, to have a Switch version not even sniffed at, not even announced. Um, and I don't know if that's a, a future Nintendo Direct saying, Surprise! It's it didn't you know merit its own big game announcement just but just for us to say that it's coming over to Switch. I mean, yeah, if they want to make that an E three announcement in a Nintendo Direct, by all means, please do. But I wouldn't start getting my hopes up for that because uh, yeah, the the dream is not dead, but it's certainly hurt on that front. So this would be the point in the show where we would open up to you, the callers, and you could talk about you know the main topic, the headlines, what you're playing recently. It gives the opportunity for you to call in like a you know video game call in talk radio show and kind of give feedback, have a conversation about whatever you'd like to in games. It's, you know, we kind of switch the power, open the floor up to you. But that's, you know, making myself available on Sunday afternoons, uh, at least for Eastern time. So 
uh, you know, check our Discord there at rhymeswithasia.com slash call and you know, keep up to date on when we're planning on scheduling these recordings because you got to be here live if you want to call in. Let's talk about the games that are out this week. Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age, comes to Xbox One and Switch on April 30th. Kind of rounds out the Final Fantasy game. I mean, whether it was with, you know, 10 and 9 and, and now 12. Yeah, and yeah, where was 8 in all of that? But at least 12, uh, bringing those to Xbox One and Switch. Just Cause 4, Daredevils of Destruction. Uh, it's a DLC pack coming April 30th to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Valhalla, Cyberpunk Bartender Action, comes to PS4 and Switch on May 2nd. I've been really meaning to get into that game, uh, especially since I have it on PC, uh, especially after the original sound chat episode that I had there with the Debaga talking about Valhalla's music, and it's a great soundtrack. I just may get that on Switch, though. I feel like that's a better portable experience. I don't know. So I'm, I'm tempted by that one this week. Just keep an eye out on that one. And then Duck Game comes to Nintendo Switch on May 2nd. That looks like a, a silly fun time for sure. And that'll do it for this episode of The Power Switch. We are hosted by RhymesWithAsia.com and we're on YouTube and Twitch at RhymesWithAsia. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Power Switch. I am at Pete Speakeasy. You can email us any questions, concerns, comments, or opportunities at PowerSwitchPod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. Most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com slash call. It's a small but growing community, so now is the perfect time to have your voice heard on this podcast. If you're like me and you saw Avengers Endgame and you're kind of just sitting there and kind of just bracing and, you know, try and take everything in, honestly. I have a YouTube video to watch for you. It's from Screen Crush. And they say it's every Avengers Endgame Easter egg. And so it's, it's certainly very interesting to kind of have the guy run down this list of the different references, the different Easter eggs. See if you caught everything and see if everything makes sense. Kind of pull it all together in your head. It's certainly a lot. Great movie, honestly, though. I honestly can't believe they pulled it off in the way they did. It was just remarkable. So, yes, a big week in games. I hope you, you know, keep playing the games that you love and find new titles along the way. I'm certainly itching to try certain things here and there. Please stay tuned to our Discord channel as everything develops. And regardless, whether it's live or on your own time, I look forward to you joining us for our next episode. With that, I'm Peter Spezia. Until next time, switch up, call in, game on.